Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. There's definitely victory in Jesus' name. There's not victory in any other name. And finding the right man's not going to be victory. And finding the right woman's not going to be victory. And getting your business just like you like it's not going to be victory. There's victory in one person, and that's Jesus Christ. And you better have him included in your relationships if you want victory. You need victory in your marriage, you need Jesus in the middle of your marriage. You need victory in your business, you need Jesus up in your business. You better carry him home with you. Take him to the bedroom with you. Don't stick him out in the barn. You need victory in your finances. You need to include Jesus in your finances. You're not going to experience victory any other way. It's a name that's above every name. It's a name that every knee is going to bow to and every tongue is going to confess to. Amen? Amen. The name of Jesus. The most powerful name on the universe. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, last week we were talking about words, our lips and what we speak, what we say, what comes off our mouth, how important it is, what we say, how we talk, and how a lot of times we don't put importance on what we say and we just let anything fly and just, you know, just, just talking, just saying things, negative things, or just uh, things that are contradictory to the Word of God, things like that. And don't realize what an effect that it has on our lives. It has a huge effect on our lives. And so um, we're just going to pick back up where we left off last week. How about that? Y'all sound excited. We'll start in Mark, the 11th chapter. 11th chapter, Mark, 22nd verse. And Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Now let 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 me, before I go any further, let me... Let me say right here, so Jesus is walking with his disciples, and there's a fig tree that's got leaves, but it doesn't have any figs. And he says, let no man eat from you again. And on their way back through, they said, look, there's that fig tree, and it's withered up by the roots. Jesus answered them and said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. What God's word says will come to pass. His word's true. You need to have the faith of God. You need to have faith that when what you say, your, your words need to be faith-filled also, and what you say is important. What you say is going to come to pass. So he says, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So let's just back up. Whoever says to this mountain, well, we've all had mountains in our lives. We have mountains in weekly, monthly, sometimes daily. You have things in your life that you don't want in your life, things that you need moved. Amen? I mean, things happen. A lot of times things show up that you didn't see on the radar. Or all of a sudden the storm just blows up. He says, if you tell the mountain to be removed and cast in the sea, but doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes, believes what you say will be done, then you will have whatever you said. Now, that's not my opinion. That's not, I didn't write it. If you're reading your Bible, you're reading words in red. 
That's words of the master. That's words of the teacher. That's words of the great physician. That's words of Jesus Christ. He says, if you believe in your heart, the things that you say will be done. You'll have whatever you say. You'll have whatever you say. If you believe it and you speak it, you'll have it. If you believe it and you speak it. Now, I know sometimes uh, this gets uh, out of taken out of context. I'm not going to go up to a corn stalk and say, um, I would like to have strawberries from this thing. Because God created the corn stalk and He didn't create the corn stalk to grow strawberries. I'm not the creator. You're not the creator. But you need to get your words to line up with the Creator's words. And that's where it's being got off is where people think now they have creative power. I'm not going to go out and create anything. I'm just going to get my words to line up with the Creator's words. Because let me tell you, I'm not creating healing. It's already been created. I'm just getting my words to line up with His words. I'm not creating provision. It's already been created. It's already been provided to me. I'm just getting my words to line up with His words. I'm not creating peace, joy, or happiness. He created it. He gave it to me. I'm going to get my words to line up with His words. Because if we don't get our words to line up with His words, you're not ever going to see these things come to pass in your life. That mountain will just stay there, and it'll just stay there, and it'll just stay there. Lord, please move that mountain. Will somebody move this mountain? I'm going to call my grandma to pray to move the mountain. Maybe the pastor will move it. But it plainly says there that you can do it yourself if you believe in your heart and speak with your mouth. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and then you'll have them. There's the kicker. Right there. Grab a hold of that. Believe that you receive it and then you'll have them. Believe that you receive it and then you'll have it. Now if you're going to wait till you receive it, then you're going to believe it. That's no faith required. If I come out, open my wallet right now and give you a $100 bill and put it in your hand, you, there is no faith required to believe that's a $100 bill in your hand because that thing's already there. But if you need that $100 bill to pay your power bill and you go to the Lord in prayer, you speak and say, that money to pay my power bill is going to be provided to me. That's not unscriptural. He wants you to pay your power bill. I believe the power bill is paid, even though I've still got the, uh, the coupon, whatever they send you from the power company here. And I've still got the notice that says they're going to cut it off in about four days. But I believe right now in the name of Jesus that my power bill is going to be paid. I don't see how. I don't know how. I don't care how. But I believe that it's going to be. And I'm speaking in my mouth. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I believe if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She believed it. She did it. And she received it. Amen. Now people say, I tried this and it didn't work. What do you mean you tried it and it didn't work? If you believed you received it, then nobody can tell you it didn't work. Because in your heart, you believed you received it. I believe I received it. Therefore, it did work. I don't care what you say. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what nobody says. I believe in my heart that I received it. Then there, you don't even accept the fact that it didn't work. Because I already received it. It had to work. I received it. Once again, that's not my opinion. I'm just reading the words in red. That's all we do. That's the words of Jesus. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them when you pray. And when you believe that you receive them, you will have them. 
Problem is, we want to have it and then believe it. That's no faith. Anybody can do that. An atheist can do that. They can do that in any... The Mormon church. I don't even know what they believe up there, to be honest with you. Anybody can do that. It is no faith required. Believe that you receive them and then you'll have them. Amen. It's important. You remember uh, at the wedding... Jesus' mom, the wedding feast, she says, do what he says. We need to apply that to our life right here, right now. Do what he says. What did he just say? What did we just read? Do what he says. Just do what he says. Just do what he says. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, what we say is important. What we say, he said, if, he said, he told them just have faith in God. He said, the... the uh, the, the tree that I curse, and you know, there's other scriptures in there, and he says, uh, all you've got to do is have just a faith the size of a, the grain of a mustard seed. It's not like you've got to go run out and go get this faith. This faith's already been deposited into your face, not the problem. Believing what you say, speaking what you say, there's doubt and unbelief to the problem. Because if we weren't in doubt and unbelief, then we would speak these things. We don't speak these things, therefore we don't believe them, we don't believe them, we don't speak them. And it's not a faith problem, it's a doubt problem and an unbelief problem. Let me tell you, you're going to have to start speaking if you're ever going to believe it. And then you're going to start believing it. You're going to start speaking and say, well, I've been speaking it, but I ain't feeling it. Well, just keep speaking it, and what you feel is going to catch up to what you're speaking. I don't see it. Just keep speaking it, and what you see is going to catch up to what you're speaking. But it works the other way, too. You can speak doubt and fear and unbelief and negativity and sickness and death, and you're going to see what you speak. How you feel is going to catch up to it. So I'm getting by just fine. It ain't affecting me. All this death I'm speaking over my life. Look at me. I got money. I'm healthy. I'm fine. Well, keep living. We'll check back with you a little later on and see how you're doing. Amen. So our words are very, 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 very important. Very important. Clock's broken. I don't know what time it is. Yes. There's not even a calendar in here. In James, the third chapter, and I'll go through this quickly. For we all stumble on many things. James chapter 3, second verse. We all stumble on many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. In other words, if you can take care of this tongue right here, your tongue, that means you're a perfect man. Then you can control your body. Your tongue will bridle the whole body. You don't like the direction your life's going or the way your body's going or the way your marriage is going, the way things are going? Well, revert back to the tongue there. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouth that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. You take this big old animal, 1,000 pounds or whatever they weigh, I'm sure it's a range there, but let's just go with 1,000 pounds. And you put a bit that big right up there across his tongue and then you control him and he goes where you want him to go. The same thing happens to you and I. You don't like which way your life's going? Well... We need to bridle our tongues. Start speaking life and quit speaking death. Look also at ships. Also they are large and driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Now, you take a big giant ship with a, a, a very small rudder in comparison to the size of the ship. And it says right here, winds are contrary. Winds are blowing it. So you're out here in the world. Guess what? Things are going to be contrary to you too. Trying to blow you around, push you around. But guess what? That tongue right there. 
can turn your ship, and it can turn your life, and it can change your marriage, it can change your business. Hey, you know what? People work hard every day, go to work, work their little rear ends off, and but they just can't ever seem to get ahead. That's because their mouth is undermining their hard work. Even so, the tongue is a little member of both great things. Yep, it's just little. I mean, you know, this pretty good sized fellow standing right here. I'd like for him to be a little smaller, but let's just get real. He's a decent size. Well, my tongue compared to this and the rest of it, you know what I'm saying. It's small in comparison. But this right here drives this, the rest of this. Those two ounces right there on my tongue drives this 240. I meant 220. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? One cigarette flipping out the window. A little, little, little spark. Next thing you know, there's a forest fire. And you see it on TV. They're going over with helicopters trying to put out this huge fire that's wiped out the whole wilderness. Wasn't Gatlinburg uh, burned up by just a little spark? And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it's set on fire by hell. It's set on fire by hell. In other words, if the words you're speaking is setting your life on fire, let me tell you, those words aren't coming from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Those words aren't coming from heaven. For every kind of beast and air, reptile, creature to see is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. You've been to the zoo and you've been to uh, the circus and they've got the tigers and the lions and the, the elephants. And this little bitty man's telling them what to do. He's tamed them. I've seen some dogs that were tame. You could just say, hey, go get the paper, and the dog will come back with the paper. Pretty amazing. That you can t- tame a wild, just an animal that you can't even reason with or talk to or read the word to. That mankind can tame... A dog. There's dogs I've seen on YouTube. They go fetch a beer out of the refrigerator. They go open the refrigerator, slide out the crisper. And that ain't my dog. <laughs> but I'm just saying, that's pretty impressive. But no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Don't say, well, there you go. Say your tongue can't be tamed. No, your tongue can be tamed, but you're going to have to do the taming. What that means is you can't tame my tongue and I can't tame your tongue. I can tame a a dog to go get the paper, but I can't tame your tongue and you can't tame my tongue. You've got to tame your tongue yourself. Now, you can hold a gun to somebody's head and make them say what you want them to say. But as soon as you take the gun away from their head and you leave the room, they'll say what they want to say. That's because it's their tongue. And that's the way God designed it. You've got your own free will. Say what you want to say. With it we bless our God, our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. In other words, we curse men that's made in the likeness of God with the same mouth. His children. You're not cursing just anybody. You're cursing one of His children. Speaking curses over them. Now you might fuss at your kids. You know how it is. You fuss at them. But if somebody else comes and be fussing at your kids, mm, it's on now. Don't talk to my kid like that. But when we curse men, what's God saying? 
I mean, his kid may be in the wrong just like your kid may be in the wrong. You let me correct them. You come tell me about it. You don't snatch them up and wear them out. I better know you real good if you're going to snatch them up and wear them out. You know what I'm saying? Anybody in my family or close friends, snatch them up and wear them out. It's fine. But if some stranger off the street just says, hey, I snatched your kid up and whooped him, there's fixing to be another whooping. Same thing with God. We're his kids. You understand? I'm preaching to myself again. You know, just preaching to myself. Glad y'all came to join. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. And here it is, my brethren, these things, it ought not be so. They just ought not be. Does, does uh, a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? In other words, is there fresh water and salt water coming out of the same tap? And can a fig tree bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? No. Does, it, does a spring yield both salt water and fresh water? No, nor should our mouths be. Nor should our mouths be. And what we speak comes out of our mouths is so important, and we need to get a hold of this thing now. Are we administering grace? Are we ministering grace to people? Are you ministering grace to your family and your friends and your children and speaking life over yourself? And Ephesians, the fourth chapter, 29th verse, we went over it last week, but we're going to hit it again real quickly. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what's good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Well, who's the hearer? Is our words speaking, are they imparting grace? Mm, I've, I've spoke a lot of words that didn't, they, they imparted a lot of stuff, but it wasn't grace. I mean, I can reflect back. You know, I don't have to go far, to be honest. <clears throat> and I try to be honest, be very transparent. I ain't got to go far. I can think of some words that I've said recently that probably weren't the greatest thing ever. I mean, not that I just cussed somebody out, but just said something when you shouldn't have said nothing. You know, you can think that those words, that when I left them, did I leave them better? Like we met and we talked and we hung out and we ate lunch or I bumped into somebody, did I leave them better? Leave them better. So we talk about leaving here better every week. And I want you and me, all of us, to come in one way and leave out another way. I want us to leave better. Whenever you run into an old friend or go eat lunch with somebody or go eat dinner with somebody or whatever it is that you do, wherever it is that you go, you, you should leave someone better. They should be able to walk away from lunch and go, I'm better. Amen. The woman went to the well. She walked away better. Anybody that met Jesus walked away better. You can walk away bitter or you can walk away better. I'd rather than walk away better. Praise the Lord. So, in Proverbs, the 18th chapter, and this is kind of like the foundational scripture here. Now I want you to get a hold of this. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. So you're going to eat whatever you speak. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Whatever comes off of your lips, that's what you're going to eat. It goes back to what James was saying. Whatever you speak, you're directing your life. The bit's turning the horse. The rudder's turning the ship. The little spark's starting the fire. Whatever you speak, that's just what's going to fill you. You can speak life or you can speak death. You can speak blessings. You can speak cursings. You can be a hearer or you can be a hearer and a doer. 
Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who, will leave, who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What tongue? Whose tongue? My tongue? Your tongue? Our tongue? Power. Let's see right here. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. My tongue right here is going to determine death or life about red. Righteous red. That's what I go by. What comes off this tongue is going to determine that. And it says, those who love it will eat its fruit. So whatever you're speaking is what you're going to be eating. You know what? Some people love speaking death. They love speaking negativity. They love speaking sickness and telling you how bad it is, how sick they are, how broke they are, how bad he did me, how bad they did me, how bad everything is. Oh, dear Lord Jesus, I've heard it. They like it. They enjoy it. They like wallowing in a pig pen. There's some people that just like it. You know how I know? Because I've met them. I've been around them. They must like it. They keep doing it. See, like if I cook something that's not any good, and I cook it again, and it's not any good, and I cook it again, and it's not any good, I'm not going to keep cooking it because it's not any good. We're going to do something different. Amen. Amen. How long are you going to keep fussing at me till you do something different? Get out of the pig pen. Quit wallowing around in it. But some people enjoy it. They do. They like the attention. Oh, I'm sorry. And they get petted and coddled and all that, whatever. But some people do enjoy it. Well, I don't enjoy that. I want to be speaking some life. That's the fruit I want to be eating. But death and life are in the power of your tongue. You need to think about death and life being in the power of your tongue. So if you really did believe with all your heart that death and life was in the power of your tongue, that what you spoke really did matter, would you say what you say? So you'd be quick to retract those words. Because you're going to say some things you ought not say, but you can quickly repent and say, Lord Jesus, I take that back. I didn't mean to say that. I did not. Forgive me. I mean, you're going to say it. You know it? But death and life and the power of the tongue. If you really did believe that death and life was right there on your own tongue, you'd hold up on some of the things that you say. And you start speaking a little more things that you don't say. So your, your words shouldn't be idle. Your tongue shouldn't be idle. You should be speaking life. It says death and life. So just, just because you're not speaking death doesn't mean we just walk around in utter silence. No, you need to be speaking life. What's life? The Word of God. Your tongue lining up with this Word, speaking this Word over your life, over your wife's life, over your children's life, mom and daddy's life, boyfriend, girlfriend's life, over this church. Just speaking life, speaking life, speaking life. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. And only speaking faith-filled words. See, speaking faith-filled words to some people, uh, to Christians, most Christians, actually is a strange concept. You mean, I can speak faith-filled words? Yeah. In fact, that's what you're supposed to be speaking. But like I said, it is a strange concept to most. Amen. It is, unfortunately. It is. I was talking to Josh earlier this week. We were talking about some stuff, talking about the Word, and um, he was telling me a story about another preacher which reminded me of something else, and that's the way the Lord works. But um, talking about faith-filled words and talking about a man that said, I can't, I just can't, I can't. I've tried to quit smoking and I can't. I tried, but I can't. And he just kept saying, I can't. And he said, I bought the patches. Didn't work. I bought, I bought I chewed a whole uh, uh, sack of g- that gum. 
tried everything, but I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So he came to the preacher and he said, can you pray for me? And he said, because I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I just can't. I tried and I can't. The preacher said, well, first thing you got to do is quit saying I can't. Let that word never leave your tongue ever again. Don't say I can't. Never say that again. He said, yeah, I know about it. And he, anyway, he got that point across about I can't. And uh, he said, uh, what you're going to do is you're going to say, I've been set free from this cigarette. He said, get it out, light it up. And as you're smoking it, say, the Lord set me free from nicotine. He has set me free from this nicotine. He set me free from this addiction of a cigarette. And then the guy said, yeah, but I'd still be smoking. I'm not telling you to go smoke. You already smoking. You're already smoking? I'm just telling you to add this to your equation. You can smoke it and say, I can't. I just can't. I'll never be able to quit. I can't. I can't. I can't. Or you can say, I've been set free from this thing. Because the fact of the matter is, whether you quit or whether you don't, you have been set free from it. You have been set free from the addiction. You've been set free. You just need to start speaking it. And he said, that old boy uh, spoke it and kept speaking it and kept speaking it. And uh, guess what? Guess what happened? He got set free. The gum didn't do it and the patches didn't do it. His tongue did it. And see, what reminded me is, I don't even know if you remember this, Jonathan, but it's been about five years ago or time flies by, but he asked me to come and teach like a young married type thing one time on a Monday or Tuesday night, and he only asked me to come once, so I don't know. But I went up there, and I was talking about being the righteousness of God. Righteousness of God, but men and women that are born again, that are the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. Amen have problems and have issues and have addictions. And I was saying, you know what? If you're addicted to alcohol, if you're addicted to some type of drugs, or if you're addicted to things on the computer screen that you ought not look at, while you're drinking and while you're doing the drugs and while you are looking at the computer, just say out loud, I'm the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. I'm not telling you to look at it. I'm not telling you to drink it. I ain't telling you to smoke it. I'm not telling you to snort it. If you're already doing it, you're already doing it. Just add this to the equation. See, you need to remind yourself of who you are. I'm the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. Guess what? The righteousness of God are not supposed to be doing this. But you've got to remind yourself of who you are. Because most of the time your whole life you've been told who you ain't. Or you've been told, you've been, somebody else has told you who you are, but the world's got a different opinion of who you are than God does. And they've, already, they've told you you ain't going to amount to nobody. You're just an old drug addict. You're just a loser. You're just a numbskull. You're just whatever you are. You need to remind yourself, I'm the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. I've never tried this, but I can imagine that if you are addicted to things on the computer screen that you ought not be looking at, and you sit down and look at those things and you go, I'm the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. It's going to change things. I've been set free so I can look at this. No, because actually that's got you in bondage. That's what's got to come off your tongue. I've been set free from this. I've been set free from this. I'm the righteousness of God. You've got to start talking the talk before you ever walk the walk. If you're going to wait till you walk it to talk it, well, you ain't ever going to talk it. Because that puts you under the law. Saying, I can do this on my own. But you can't. Amen. 
a strange concept to speak it. Calling things though uh, that are not as though they were. Calling things that are not as though they were. That's what Abraham did when he changed his name. He started saying, I'm a father of many nations. But he wasn't. Yes, he was. Because God already said he was. And Moses, I mean, and Abraham said he was. He said he was. He said, I'm a father of many nations. Where's your kids? I'm a father of many nations. Hey, boy, I don't see no kids. I'm a father of many nations. Where are they at? I'm a father of many nations. He don't owe anybody an explanation about anything. That's who God said I am. That's the name he gave me. That's the name I received. And I'm a father of many nations. Get out of my face. Talk to the hand. Go on down the road. See, winds and waves are going to come. The serpent will come slithering in. Sometimes he walks up on two legs. Calling things are not as though they were. It's kind of like this. I used to have a dog named Buster. Sometimes he's at the home, at the house, but a lot of times he wasn't. So we'd come out on the front porch. We'd have Buster a treat, or I'd want to see old Buster. And I'd say, well, Buster's not here. He's not on the porch. Buster! Come here, boy. Come here. Buster. Buster, baby. That's what I call him, Buster, baby. Come here. Daddy's got you a little treat. He got some good treats. Some really good ones. As all the leftover food that Jackie cooked that we didn't want to eat. But <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm just messing with her. I'm just messing with her. We actually annihilate everything she cooks. Uh, what the kids don't eat, I just... I polish off. So, I ever tell you about the time I ate the whole pack of hot dogs? I told you all that. Yeah, she cooked some kraut and winnies. And usually the kids ate before I got home, so I'd come home and I'd just finish it off. And so I came home, huge thing of kraut and winnies. I just, I, I just ate out of the skillet. Why mess up a plate? And she came in a little while later and she said, Where'd the kraut and winnies go? And I said, Well, I ate them. She goes, All of it? Yeah, she said nobody had eaten yet. <laughs> well, couldn't let that go to waste. But you called Buster. I called Buster. Why did I call him? Because he wasn't there. He wasn't there. You could look on the porch. I didn't see him. I am calling him in to me. I'm calling him. Or you could just say, yeah, Buster's not here. Well, I guess if God wants him to have this treat, he'll send him. I mean, if God wants me to be healed, he'll just send it. He did send it. It hung on a cross. If God wants me to have it, well, he'll, ah, he'll do it somehow. But say your words. Life and death on the power, the power of life and death on your tongue right there. See, it's so simple, you'd have to try hard to mess it up. But the devil's there to oblige you if you'd like to try to mess it up. Got to call yourself righteous. Call yourself redeemed. Call yourself forgiven. Call yourself holy. Call yourself delivered. This is who you are. Call these things. Call it. Speak it in. Talk it. Talk the talk. That's who you are. That's who I am. Amen. So our words carry weight. 
Our words carry a lot of weight, a whole lot of weight. And I'm fixing to say something, and some people, I'm just going to go ahead and give you a heads up and give you a warning. You're going to, you're going to go, oh, I can't believe you said that. Blasphemous. Don't, if you got rocks, ye without sin cast the first stone. Now, I'm not fixing sin because what I'm fixing to say, I'm going to back up with scriptures to so just hold on. I'm just giving you a little warning. I shouldn't have gave you a warning. I should have just said it. But I want to tell you this. Here's the deal. Your words carry more weight in your life than God's words in your life. Your words don't carry more weight in my life, but your words carry more weight in your own life. Your words carry more weight in your own life. Therefore, whoever confessed me before me and him, I also will confess before my Father who is in heaven. Your words. Therefore, whoever confesses me before man, him I also will conf- confess before the Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before man, him I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. So your words carry a lot of weight in your life. That's how you get saved. He, can, he sent Jesus down across for you, but if you don't believe it and speak it with your own mouth, you're not going to heaven. That's a, Amen. And uh, flip page or two over, but I say to you that for every idle word men uh, may speak, they will get an account of it on the day of judgment. That's an idle word. That's a missed opportunity. That's an unproductive word. That's a word that's not working. You had an opportunity. Every idle word, guess what? You're going to give an account for it. Your words. Right here. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. It's not God's word that's going to justify you. It's not God's word that's going to condemn you. It's your word that's going to justify you, and your word that's going to condemn you. Therefore, your words carry more weight in your life than God's do. In your life. He provided it to you, but if you don't want it, you don't have to receive it. He provided Jesus Christ, His Son, to go to the cross and die for you. But you do not have to receive it. You can say with your mouth, I do not want that, and you can just go straight to hell. Your words will take you there. He don't send you. You send yourself. How? With your words. Amen. I don't know if there's any religious people in here, but your feathers are ruffled right now. I know. That's okay. That's why they pay me the big bucks to ruffle feathers. It's your words, not his words. And then right here in the first part of Luke 19, 22, this is what Jesus said. He said to them, out of your own mouth, I will judge you. Out of, not his mouth, out of your own mouth, I will judge you. Whose mouth are you going to be judged out of? Your own mouth. Your own mouth. Your own mouth. God said... God says, I sent Jesus. He went to a cross. He died for you so your sins can be forgiven, redeemed, healed. Long list of things that come through the blood of Jesus. All these things are for you. And with your mouth you can say, I don't believe it. I don't want it. I don't want to receive it. I, I, I don't. Where are you going to go? You're not going to go to heaven. His word said He sent Jesus to die for you. We all know this. But with your mouth, you can say, I don't want it. I don't want it. There's atheists that say, I don't want it. There's people in other religions that go, I don't want it. Where's their, whose words carry more weight in their life? Their words. See, that's it. It's a privilege. 
He lets you talk and say what you want. You can go to heaven if you like, or you can go to hell. You can speak blessings or you can speak cursings. Are you okay out there? Amen. In the book of Romans, um, in the uh, 10th chapter right here, 8th verse, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and it's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Man, I like that. The word of faith which we preach. That crazy word of faith bunch. That crazy. The word of faith which we preach. Let me read that again. That is the word of faith which we preach. Yeah, there's crazy people in the word of faith. There's crazy people up there at that baseball field at Gardendale too. But that don't mean baseball is crazy. I know the craziest maniacs in the world and they're Alabama football fans. But that don't mean that, that the don't take it out on the players or don't take it out on Alabama. Or you, you understand what I'm saying? That don't mean they're crazy. There's crazies in everything. There's probably crazy Baptists and Methodists and Pentecostal and crazy uh, Catholic. Crazy Catholics. They do get crazy. You drink that much wine, you're going to get crazy. And I don't even know if they do that. I've never been. Just what I heard. You got to get the spirit moving, baby. Ninth verse. That if you confess with your... This is the part I was getting to right here. That if you confess with your mouth, if who confesses with their mouth? If you confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth. The Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Jesus doesn't confess it for you. I don't confess it for you. Ain't nobody going to confess it for you. You're going to have to confess it with your own mouth. Your own mouth, power of life and death is in your tongue. Your words carry more weight in your life than anybody else's words, period. Amen. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Let us hold fast to our confession. We've got to hold fast to this thing. Stay with it. Stay with it. I ain't seeing it. Stay with it. I'm not feeling it. Stay with it. Just stay with it. Don't say you're not feeling it. Don't say you're not feeling it. Don't even talk any of that. Just stay with it. Just stay with the confession. Just stay with it. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. Because I know, let me tell you, people go through things and they say, well, you just don't understand what I'm going through. And you might be right. Because I may not have been through that. I don't know what it's like to have a baby. I'm a man. I don't know what it's like. The experience of being sick while you're pregnant, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to have any type of... uh, uh, homosexual feelings. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but I don't know. I can't even sympathize. I don't know what that feels like. But there's probably somebody out there that does know what it feels like and they can sympathize. What I'm saying is you ain't the only one going through it. In fact, the scripture right here says that we have a high priest uh, uh, who cannot sympathize... Let me get down here where I can read this. We have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness but was in all points... 
tempted as we are yet without sin. In other words, he's experienced it. He's been through it. You don't think he wanted to call down angels from heaven? You don't think, in other words, there's a temptation there to have everybody wiped out. There's nailing to the cross. Temptation was there. Turn these stones into bread. I know you're hungry. Temptation's there. Let us, I'm going to back, back up. Let us hold fast to our confession. You've got to stay with it. I'm telling you, you've got to stay with it. You've got to stay with it. And then the, the 16th, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. You know what? There's always grace to get you through what you're going through. I know people that go without sleep. There's grace for it. There's a grace for it. There's a grace to get you through what you need. You know where it's going to be found right there? At the throne. Because it's the throne of grace. Amen. Romans the 10th, Hebrews the 10th, chapter 23rd verse. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Why do we hold fast to this confession? Well, it's plain to see because he who promised is faithful. He's always faithful. He's always going to be faithful. That's not the question. The question is, are we going to hold fast to our confession? Are you going to stay with it? Because you wake up in the morning and say, I can do it. And by lunch you say, I'm not sure. And by dinner time you say, oh, I ain't going to be able to make it. So you're going to have to hold fast to our confession and say, I got it. I'm going to do it. We good. I got it. We're holding fast to confession. We're staying on the Word. By His stripes we were healed. I am healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And the only reason you would ever say that you're not healed is because you're going to go by what you feel, by what you see, or by what the doctor says. But what if somebody came up to you and says, you're not saved? Yes, I am. No, you're not. Let me ask you 20 questions. And then we gather together some people from Harvard and Yale and whatever, Ivory League schools, some really smart, intelligent people, and they ask you 20 questions, and they say, we've uh, looked over these 20 questions and answers, and uh, we've come to the conclusion that you're not saved. Can they talk you out of it? Could they x-ray you and say, we saw your soul and you're bound for hell? Can they talk you out of it? I am saved, period. It needs to be the same thing with everything that belongs to you under the blood, healing's one of them, provision's one of them, long list. It belongs to me. I don't care what you say. I'm healed. You don't look healed. I'm healed. Do you feel healed? I'm healed. I don't see you with no kids. I got kids on the way. And I'm painted the room. A neutral color because I'm not sure if it's a boy or a girl. I done got some names picked out. No, we didn't have three names picked out, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Only say what he says. Only say what he says because um, um you ever heard you remember when your parents say because I said so? Because I said so. Do you ever like that? If you say so, that's something I say. About three or four years ago, it's been a while, I preached a sermon called If You Say So. 
And I, and I started going around, and I challenged everybody to correct each other with our speaking. And anytime we said something that we shouldn't say, to say, if you say so, I'm never going to make it. If you say so. Oh, I'm probably going to get sick. If you say so. You said it, not me. If you say so. It's your tongue. Power of life and death right there. Say what you want. If you say so. So anyway, we had a lot of fun with that. You talking about being extra careful. I didn't say nothing, Jack. Except this one time, a few weeks later. I remember, before this thing got started, and I, I, I was on Saturday, I kind of knew what I was going to preach on. And I think Austin was working on his motorcycle or something, and it was leaking. And uh, did, we pray, did you pray for that thing? Some, yeah, something like that. And I said, he's going to pray that it quit leaking or something. I said, hey, if you say so. I was in agreement with you. Yeah. If you say so. But anyway, um, I was very careful when um, I was kidding around one time with, with Jackie, and I said, uh, I said, uh, you're going to spend all my money. And she, and she said, if you say so. <laughs> if you say so, she got me. She got me. But um, I'd say, Mom, can I, uh, can I go do that? No. Why not? Because I said so. But why? Tell me why. Because I said so. And I would ask her why. I needed her to tell me why. And she would, she would explain to me why. Just like if my kids say, can I go there? No. Why not? Because I said so. But I don't understand why. I said, I'll tell you why. Let me explain it to you. See, I think it's okay for your kids to ask you why. You need to explain them to you. Let me tell you. Are you above God? God allows you to ask Him why. When you don't understand, and he explains it to you. In fact, he gave us a whole book of explanations. The explanation for every question you can have, the answer is right here. So when your kid says, why? Tell them why. Because, son, I know it appears to look this way, but I'm older and much wiser than you, and I can tell you it's not as that is, as it appears. I can't allow you to go over to that home and hang out with them. I can't let you do that. And then if they say, but why again? Then we're going to get jack slapped. You, you know, that, it's over. It's not up for discussion, but I explained to you why. But, you know, some people aren't allowed to ask, because I said so, and that's the end of it. I, I, I think you need to explain to them why. They need to know why. Um, my mother never told me why. She just jack-slapped me, so <laughs> yes, see, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Amen. Dang, it says it's 2 o'clock. It's not that late, is it? Okay, here's some. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this and, and just give me a minute, and then we're gonna. I'm just gonna leave this with you right here. Um, the title of today's sermon is because I said so. Why? Because I said so. Because I said so. Why have you got the life that you've got? Because you've said so. Why are you blessed? Because you said so. Why are you cursed? Well, because you said so. Let me, let me share this with you real quick and uh, before I get going on this. Um, as a church, so the board of directors got together at the beginning of 2019, and I'm in there with them, and I'm listening to them, and we decided, or rather they decided, and I was in agreement that we're not going to base what we give in benevolence to help people in need based off of a budget. We're going to look at the need and say, is it legitimate? Do they need help? Well, guess what? We're going to help them because that's what we're here for. So we started. 
And I didn't look, I hadn't, look, I hadn't kept up with the things here lately. By the end of the year, stuff came to, a, to an end, and, and, and uh, the secretary had left it on my desk, and I was sitting there looking at it, and I was like, what in the world? So I called her, and I said, is this correct? And she said, yes. And I said, sweet. And I realized that a church the size of our church this year in 2019 has given away in benevolence to help people in need that need things, not misspend any, any money. I'm talking about help people. Of uh, maybe not to the penny, but with a close range right here of about $35,000. And not only that, the Lord provided the 35000 and He provided 16 more to go with it. He's faithful. So I called one of my best buddies in the whole world, and I said, hey, you had a good year, didn't you? He goes, yeah, I did. I said, one of the best years ever. And he goes, yep. And I said, did you give away more this year than you ever have? He goes, yeah, I gave away a lot. And I said, interesting. Gave it away, but had the best year. See, we're, we're, we're in control of this thing. Your tongue, and so you can be here or here in the door. Y'all getting sleepy? All right, we're about done. Listen, it's because it's too warm. Sure, turn the air conditioner on, and y'all wouldn't be sleeping. <laughs> Here's the things that we say, and we don't even realize it. It's just become natural speech. I, I got a whole list. I could have probably made more. Y'all could probably give me some ideas. I should have asked around. But people say this, and they don't even realize it. I'm gonna have to work till I die. That's not what the Scripture says. My, the Scripture says, My God's going to supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. If you're going to work on anything until you die, you need to work on getting people saved. I can't never get ahead. Just can't never get ahead. Just can't. Fix one thing, something else breaks. you say so if you say so if you say so oh you ain't gonna, I ain't going to make you come get it I'm going to bring it down there to you hang on I ain't coming down to your street I'm getting there when it rains it pours refrigerator broke last week that daggum stove when it rains it pours if you say so uh, with my luck, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck. Well, I'd rather you not have no luck. Because luck means you're not going to give credit to God for anything. People come up to the race all the time. Well, I don't race that much anymore, but every race, good luck. And I go, I don't need it. I don't believe in it. I never tell them good luck. I just look at them and go, I don't need luck. I'm good. It's truth. I don't believe in luck. That means it could go either way. We're gonna give credit. Who we gonna give credit to the Lord if you do good? We're gonna give it to the devil if you do bad. Anyway, move on. Better knock on wood. Jackie says she was at aerobics years ago, 
And they said, are you an organ donor? And they're talking about being organ donors. And she said, I'm not an organ donor because I'm going to let, or maybe she is an organ donor, but she said, she is an organ donor. She's letting me know, yes, I am. And she said, nobody's going to want my organs because I'm going to live so long they'll be basically used up. Nobody's going to want organs for somebody this old. And she said the people go, better knock on wood. And she said on second thought, they are going to want my organs because they're going to want to study them and see how I live so long. I'm like, yeah, it's a good one. If you say so, this is my son right here. He's a good boy. This one here, yeah, that's my little demon child. heard that hair on the back of my neck stood up my mom used to say that about my sister <laughs> I was the good one of course oh, I'm just an old worry wart can't help it I just worry about everything worry is the opposite of faith you're not in faith if you're in worry you can't be scared if you're not in worry. What are you worried about if you're in faith? What, God's never left you before. He's never forsaken you before. What, what's there to worry about? He come through for you in the past. But now we're worried. Oh, I'm just never going to find a good job. Never going to find a good man. Never going to find a good white woman. I'm just never going to find Just can't do it. Keep dating losers. This thing's just a piece of junk. This truck I got's a piece of junk. Piece of junk. If you say so. <laughs> now, now you claiming some stuff right here. This is my my bad back. My bad back. You're saying this is my bad back. It's my bad back. No, it's not. But if you say so. It's my bad ear. Instead of saying, hey, honey, this is my bad ear, talking this one, just turn around this way and go, excuse me. You don't have to say, you don't have to announce to the whole world that's my bad ear and my bad back, my bad kid. That's my bad knee. My bad leg, my bad arm. Is that your bad arm? Nope. This is the one that I broke right here like a V, and then it ripped the whole elbow off, and they did put a plate from here to here and a plate on the other side and put 13 screws in it. Yes, but it is not my bad arm. It's, it's my arm. And it hurt. But it's not my bad arm. It's getting better every day. I'll be ready to enter a left-handed arm wrestling contest here just shortly. <sighs> My diabetes. You're, you're saying they're mine. You're taking ownership. They are mine. They're not yours. They're not from the Lord. Straight from the pits of hell. I mean, let's just say there's diabetic issues. You don't have to say, these, the, the, I, my diabetes... My anxiety, my stress, my worry, my fears, my doubts, my, my, my. Don't take ownership to that. You know why? Because your tongue 
directs your life. But if you say so, eh, my sinus issues, spring's coming, pollen, yeah, my bad sinuses, my health problems. Well, it's just always been that way. This way, it's always been that way. If you say so. Born that way. Okay, if you say so. I've been born again. I was born that way too, but now I'm born again. I'm born a new way. Woohoo! Let's see. Oh, here's a good one right here. I, heard, I used to hear this back before the election. People say, oh, oh them Democrats get back in office. I don't know what we're going to do. We're doomed. We're doomed. We're done for. Well, my life does not hinge on who's in office. Because I'm looking a little further past the office of who's sitting on the throne. And I'm glad there ain't a Democrat in office, in case you're wondering. I mean, I know you're not supposed to talk about that stuff in church, but I want you to know who I am. I don't believe in abortion. I'm an idiot. I'm just an I should have started service with this list. I'm just an idiot. I'm a numbskull, nincompoop. I always mess things up. Oh, I'm an idiot. You ever hit yourself in the head and said that? I'm a man from experience. I've done that. Idiot. If you say so. The Word of God says that you have the mind of Christ. He wasn't an idiot. Let me back on up right here to all these things. My back, back, my ear, my leg, my diabetes, my science, my health issues. As he is, so are we in this world. Does he have a bad back, a bad ear, a bad leg? Does he have diabetes? Does he have sinus issues? As he is, so are we in this world. Amen. Let's see. Oh, here's a good one. This is going to get about a lot of you right here. Now, this is how careful I am. I don't say this. Scared to death. Whew, she scared me to death. No, scared me to life, man. Don't scare me to death. Worry to death. Just worry to death. You can worry to death. I love you to death. Don't love me to death. Love me to life, baby. Here's a good one. It was on the Sandlot. Remember the movie? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, man. You're killing me. Uh-uh. Ain't nobody killing me. And I ain't killing you. It's killing me. Oh, this, this cold weather's killing me. Woo! This hot weather's killing me. All these bills are killing me. What you preaching's killing me. It's so funny, we just died laughing. No. No, you don't need to die laughing. Now, that is a good way to go. You say this is silly. No, it's not. It's not silly. Jesus didn't talk like this. He didn't say these silly things that we say. We don't think it's a big deal because we're jacked up. I shouldn't have said that. If you say so. But no, our, our words, they, they, they get messed up. We've got we to renew our thinking and change our speaking. 
faith-filled words. Amen? Let's see. Just a couple more here. Oh, boy. He's got the flu. I was around him all day. Guess I'm going to have the flu. Now, be like John G. Lake. Just let the germs die when they touch you. Yep, they got a cold. Guess I'm going to get a cold. It's getting cold. It's flu season. Probably going to get the flu. Got it last year. Got it the year before. Daddy always had it. Well, I've just got an addictive personality. I tried to quit, but I just couldn't. I think we got the point. I think we got the point. Oh, boy. What are you saying about your husband? Are you saying how sorry he is and worthless he is and what's coming off your tongue? Well, maybe you're creating what you got. Death and life's in the power of your tongue. We need to change our speaking. You know, I was thinking uh, just here while I was reading this list, thinking about all the things that you can speak over your mate. And I was thinking about uh, the opportunity that my wife had to speak bad things about me for about uh, a good 10, 12 years. She could have said, what a loser, and a long list of things. Honestly, I don't, it's a list longer than this. That she could have spoke over me, and she could have spoke over me, and she could have spoke over me, and she could have spoke over me. But as I reflect back on that time in life, she never said anything negative to me, never spoke death to me, never told me anything uh, uh, except she'd speak life over me. And she would write me these little scriptures reminding me of who I was and leaving for me. My notes, my love notes always had like some scripture in there telling me who I was and what a good man I was and who I was in Christ Jesus and all these things. So, you know, as I stand before you each week and some of you partake of the fruit uh, coming from this tree, I can tell you this tree standing here before you because of the words that were spoken, not, not the other words. Because somebody was speaking life and not death. We're not supposed to have that spirit. We've been given another spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Seven Mile Ministry.